So, uh, continuing to read from text 55. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Gnana Timarandasya Gananjana Chalakaya Chakshun Militam Yena Ashima Shri Guru Venamaha Shri Chaitanya Manobishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupakadamayam Dadati Swaparandikam Vanchakalpaturubhyas Chakripa Sindhubhya Evacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavibhya Namo Namaha Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadaraha Shivasadi Shigora Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So text 55 Shri Sutta Yuvacha Arjuna Sahasranya Hare Hadama Atasina Manija Harab Modiyanam Dvijashasahamujanam. Let's do that again. Sutta Uvacha. Arjuna Sahasjanya. Hare Hadam Astina. Manija Haranmadhyanya. Aninam Dvijashasahamujay. The nice part about reading Srimad Bhagavatam is even though the words may not come out the way we want them to, Krishna understands the heart and he totally accepts. Sri Uta Uvacha Arjuna Sahasjanya Hare Hadam Atasina Anim Jahamudanyam Dvijasya Sahamudajam Sutta Sutta Goswami Uvacha said Arjuna Sahasa just at that time Ajanya knowing it Hare of the Lord, hardam, motive, atta, thus, asina, by the sword, manim, the jewel, jahara, separated, mudanyam, on the head, vijasha, of the twice-born, Saha, with, Modajam, hers. Translation, just then, Arjuna could understand the motive of the Lord by his equivocal orders. And thus, with his sword, he severed both hair and jewel 
from the head of Asvatthama. Report. Contradictory orders of different persons are impossible to carry out. Therefore, a compromise was selected by Arjun, by his sharp intelligence, and he separated the jewel from the head of Asvatthama. This was as good as cutting off his head, and yet his life was saved for all practical purposes. Here, Asvatthama is indicated as twice born. Certainly, he was twice born, but he fell down from his position, and therefore, he was properly punished. Again, this is interesting because there are so many situations in the scriptures where one point is made and then another point is made and it seems to be contradictory. This is on one side of the contradiction. But when you really think about it and use the intelligence that Krishna gives you, you will understand and interpret what you perceive to be the misunderstanding. What's very important is that you do not, as a devotee, or as a, a devotee in the process, just take anyone's word. You will always hear someone seemingly quoting the scriptures. And what we forget sometimes is that even though maybe they don't intend to, sometimes people interpret it in their own way, and it's not necessarily what the scripture's saying. But the really important point here, as we read through it and we really think about what we just read, because there's a difference in hearing something and listening. Big difference. I can talk and talk or we can talk and talk and talk and you hear words coming out of my mouth. Do you understand the words that are coming out of the mouth? In spiritual life, we really have to rely on the Lord the Lord's writing, and the Lord's purpose in what is being said and what is being illustrated, and ultimately the last and the only understanding that we should take is the Lord. But then to the innocent mind, it seems like, well, did they say this, but did it mean that? Trust the Lord's understanding and trust the Lord's words because you'll find in many situations that the outcome is totally different from what you're reading, but in essence, it's all genuine truth. Now, I know that was from the understanding of my mind. It may not have come out exactly the way I wanted it to, but the point I wanted to make before we discuss this purport and text is that Ultimately, we should take the word of the Lord because it is the most perfect. It is without need for interpretation. No need. Which is why when you're listening, take caution in who you're listening to. Take caution in who you're trusting to give you the words of the Lord. And also... Understand that in most of the speeches and the talks that you'll hear, one of the bottom lines is read Srila Prabhupada's books. Read the scriptures. Read the scriptures. First time it may, first time you may actually grasp it. The second time you may actually grasp it in depth. But the point is, Initially, it's good to trust the word of a bona fide acharya, a bona fide guru. However, it is up to us to read and to understand. And even if we're not understanding, keep reading and keep trying to understand because ultimately Krishna will give you the understanding. Now, there's a bit of confusion here, seemingly, but it really isn't. 
because Arjun has been given different instructions, different desires. Um, and he's trying to appease Bhisma and Krishna and his wife Draupadi. Now, what I like about the scriptures is that it's up front, it's out there, and it's real. And you can't go back and deny it. But in the scriptures, you understand that Draupadi is a very special, a very kind-hearted, a very compassionate spirit soul. And it mentions the female nature. And I thought we could go on with that on and on and on, the female nature. But the female nature has a tendency to be soft in interpretation. And we also have to understand that the female interpretation, the female nature does not only exist in the female form, the female's body. The female nature can exist in the form of the body of a male. And it does not change who that individual is. We should all be compassionate. We should all be soft-hearted and understanding when necessary. But the point is, can you imagine, here's a mother who has lost her sons. Or we can say whose sons have been taken away from her. And here's the culprit, this madman, this son of a very highly elevated Dronacharya. Here's this individual who has been prostrated at her feet, Dropadi's feet, by her husband. He's bound up and tied up, resembling an animal. But Dropadi doesn't see that. She sees this individual who, yes, at some point in time, had some glimmer glistening to his personality. He was the son of Drona Acharya. Very important person. And because his passion was so great, in the moment of an eye or in the, the quickness of a moment, that he lost all of his senses. And he did something that was totally unacceptable. There are ways to take a person's life. According to the scriptures, you do not take the life of a child, an older person, someone, let's say someone who's not aware of things, someone that's inebriated. And certainly not someone that's sleeping, someone that's unprotected. And there are other instances. Um, can anybody else remember the instances where one should not take a life? I, I think there are a couple more. There are situations where you just cannot take a person's life just because you're mad with passion or anger. But anyway, the point is, Aspatama didn't abide by those rules. And his ego and anger and jealousy was so great that he did take the lives of Draupadi's sons. But here's the thing. Arjun brings his body before, his, his bound body before Draupadi, and out of the kindness of Draupadi's heart, he doesn't want him killed. Now, this is like at the end of Dorpa Yuga. So things are beginning to degrade, of course. They, gradually they've been degrading all along. But here's an individual who does not want this killer of her sons killed because, first of all, his family, his father, is the reason why Arjun is a master in, mar in military arts. And then 
Aswatama's mother, Kripti, uh, Kripti, um, she is a widow, and this is her son. And already Draupadi knows what it feels like to lose not one, but five sons. She doesn't even want Aswatama's mother to suffer the way she suffered. How many times in the news have we seen or on TV where we see a life that's been taken, one life that's been taken, and we look at the relatives and they're thinking, kill him, just, just take his life, end it. You're angry. There's no compassion. Eye for an eye. Once in a while, even in this day and age, you will see a mother, and you can see the pain in her heart. You can hear it on the news. You can see her in a courtroom, and she's actually asking for forgiveness for this person that's taken the life of her child. So this disposition that Draupadi had is rare, but even in this day and age, we can understand that all is not lost. That compassion and that understanding and that love still exist. And as I said, that nature does not just exist in the female body, it exists in the male body, and it breaks down so many barriers that it leaves the individual that's lost the loved one with an extreme amount of compassion. And I would imagine it leaves the individual, the killer, with an extreme amount of guilt because he's not expecting this. He ultimately, they know they should leave it. They, they should be killed. And here's, and here's Krishna. And here's Bhima, who understand that when one breaks the principles as Asvatama did. He should lose his life. It doesn't matter that his characteristic is one of a brahmana, and it's also understood that a brahmana should not be killed. A brahmana should not be killed. However, if a brahmana is breaking the rules and regulations according to the rules and regulations of abiding by the disciplines of a brahma, brahmana, you t their life is to be taken. It is, and it can be taken. It is also understood that one should not kill a friend of a brahmana. It is also understood that when one horrendously offends a brahmana, there is a possibility of very fatal acts taking place in the person who has offended the brahmana to the point where the entire family of the offender can be eliminated. Vaishnava Aparadi falls under. But we also have to be careful not just of offending brahmana, of offending devotees. And this was done on so many levels. But we're seeing a situation where Krishna is showing that even though one thing was done and the ultimate outcome should have been something else, a totally different outcome took place. And in the days of um, Christ, who was that? Um, not Hercules, but the individual whose hair was cut and he lost all of his strength because that was Samson, Samson and Delilah. Thank you. Samson and Delilah. Hair was cut, lost all of his who he was, his potency, his energy, you might as well have killed him. Here, Aspatama used his intelligence, 
and he put together what should have been done and what could be done in such a way that he's pleasing both parties. So what he did is he severed the jewel from Aspatama's hair. And that was equivalent to taking his life. He also took his hair, shaved it completely, which rendered him useless and powerless, losing the hair and the jewel. In those times, he amounted to nothing after that because all of his luster was gone. All of his potency was gone, and he was just a common man. Every situation in the scriptures that's given, we should take light of and listen to because there is a lesson in each and every one. Probably, Asvatama would have wanted to be killed because he stood for nothing at that point. There's another, there are a couple, there's so many stories. What am I saying? There's so many stories in the scriptures where one fatal situation should have taken place, but it didn't. And I'm trying to remember, I... It's skipping my mind right now, but the point is, when one action is taken, an equal and opposite reaction should take place. Now, this may be a long shot off the point, but the point is, when one takes shelter of guru, when one takes diksha, guru takes all of the karma. Let's say in your previous life, you kill someone. Oh, that's a little hideous. Let's say you broke someone's leg or injured someone's leg or severed it. When you take shelter of Guru because he has taken that karma away, instead of you having a severed leg, maybe you break a toe or something. But the law of karma has already taken, it takes place. You don't get away completely with things that you've done in the past you get a balance of the act itself, one act, one opposite, an equal reaction, but not to the extent that it happened. Now, I know how that came out, but the point is, even when guru takes the karma, it does not mean you do not get a reaction. And if anyone is going through the scriptures and just reading it quickly and not really delving into it, they'll, they'll tell someone, well, if you do this, this is going to happen to you in your, in your current life. It's not true. It's important to read the scriptures, to understand it, and even in your life to, I know Krishna is not loving that on the altar, wherever that is, but even to the point... <laughs> But even to the point of our lives now, today, with what's going on, it's a very harsh thing to most people who have lost loved ones during the pandemic. And I would never say it to anyone personally. But we as devotees understand that what's happening, there's a reason behind it. This is... Uh, what are they using? They're using the word herd. I, I hate that word herd. But this is our international karma. We've done something wrong individually all around the world. All around the world. And as a result, not just a group of men somewhere with lots of money are deciding this, Krishna has an eye on everything with the pandemic and COVID, but, and this may step on some toes, but I, I, I can't deny the truth. Sometimes you lose 
connections with people because you deny the truth. But the truth is, there's a reason why this is all happening. Some of us are still standing after having been confronted with the virus. That says a lot about your spiritual energy, your spiritual potency, because unfortunately some people were not able to withstand it, and it's very sad. It is never one of those situations where you say, well, you lost your life because da-da-da, you did this in, in previous lives. That's heartless. You don't say that to people. But the point is, there's a reason behind everything. There, it, there are no accidents. There are no accidents. And even though there is a standard of how you handle an offense, it does not always fall in the place or in place of the way you think an offense should be handled. Because for the, 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 I know they used to say the life of me, and that doesn't make sense, but to me, it doesn't make sense why Dropity forgave this individual. As a parent, if you injure my child, I'm furious. If you seriously injure my child, I will tell you, no matter what their age, in my heart, the one that's a devotee, but somewhere in my heart, I would want to move heaven and earth to retaliate. See, I'm still growing too. But the point is, it can be done, and you can also satisfy both parties, as was done here. Karmic reaction will take place later um, as we read through the scriptures. And I don't want to um, delve into it, but here's another situation that I'm thinking of that it says that when you leave your body, when you're in the process of leaving your body, and whatever thought is on your mind, whatever position you're taking, let's say you're thinking about a fish, you turn that you, the next life, you're going to be a fish. You're going to end up in the ocean somewhere. With Dhruva Maharaj, he fell totally in love with this deer in the forest. Now, because he was so in love with this deer, at the time of his departure, of course, he turned into a deer, and he was a deer in the next life. However, because of his devotional mood, his service, his love of Krishna, he had an opportunity to lose that body and get a higher body in his next life, the body of a, a very highly elevated soul. And even though it should have ended there, he should have been just a deer and that was it, it doesn't always happen like that, which means that Ultimately, Krishna is a forgiving God, Lord. He's always forgiving. He's always forgiving. And even in the worst punishment that should take place, depending on that individual's family, depending on that individual's previous reactions, the end result of their life can take a different turn. You hear a lot about the sins of the parents are visited upon the children, which means that whatever your parents did, to some extent, they are going to affect you. It is going to affect you. However, that is not the bottom line. The bottom line is who you choose to be and what you choose to be a part of and who you become when you are old enough or intelligent enough to think for your own. There's a scripture in, is it, Sri uh, Upanishad, and it says in essence that depending on what you've done in the past, you are rated based on what you're doing right now in this moment, and it can change the end result. And when it comes to mind, I'll think of it. I can always use the uh, 
excuse right now that there's so much going on in the pandemic, it's affected my mind. I can't just say I'm getting older. I can't. I, I got to go back and forth, I mean, to make myself feel good. But there is a scripture that says, based on what you're doing, you don't necessarily have to have the result of what your parents did or even what you're doing. Krishna is so kind. He is giving us lifetime after lifetime to get it right. That is the mood that we should have with each other. That's the mood. Nowadays, our tempers are so hot. Our, 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 our moods are so quick. We forget we're devotees. You step on my toe, my gosh, there's no telling what would come out of my mouth because that hurts. But as devotees, we can't get wrapped up in what's going on in the world. We have to remember we're in the world but not of it. We are not what's going on there, and we don't have to be affected. And how we're affected does depend on our sadhana. Reading is so important, and it seems like most of us are even busier now in the pandemic than we were before. I, I don't understand it. I am, and I'm trying to figure out what am I doing, but I don't have time for different things anymore. But the point is, even in the process of being so busy, we do have to realize, oh, lost the point there. <laughs> the point is, in the process of everything going on, our sadhana is so important. How to maintain it? Read the books. Tap in to the books that Srila Prabhupada has written. Read his words. Chant. Association is so important. With me, most of my family is anywhere else but in Texas. But my extended family is right here. And through the pandemic, I would not have gotten through it without certain individuals that no doubt Krishna aligned me with to the point where there are times when I don't even remember, and that's rare, that we're in a pandemic. That, And I'm not bragging. Don't misunderstand. I, I don't believe in bragging. I think it's cheap. But there is so much association that I feel from various individuals in the community that are so sincere in understanding what the scriptures is about that I don't, it's, it's at the point where I've got an overload of, uh, of, of uh, stimulation from different people, just communication, which means that I am so wrapped up in association, even though it's minimal, that I'm getting through this pandemic and I know each of you can do it too, but it depends on what you decide to make out of this. It depends on it. But understand that Krishna wants the very best for us, that whatever offenses that we have committed, the saying of not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, I never understood that, but there's a point there. Because I understand in olden times, do they still say olden, but in older days, they would just use this barrel of water. First the dad, then the mother, then the children, then the baby would be washed. And I think they still do this in Japan. They still do this in some Japan in traditions. The father takes the bath first, then the mother, then the, chil then the children take the bath. Now, the baby with the bath water works like this in the olden days. By the time everybody has taken the bath, the water is so dirty that when you put the baby in, <laughs> the baby's going to pick up the dirt, so when you throw the water out, you can't tell if you're throwing the baby out or you're throwing the dirty water out. That's the part about the baby in the bath water. And the point that I'm making is, no matter what our offense is, we have to take the eyes of transcendental knowledge and understanding. And even if a person 
offends us. And Lord knows that if it's a devotee, you would pray that that devotee has enough common sense to righten the wrong, but there's no guarantee that everyone reading the scriptures is listening to the scriptures and hearing it. They hear it, oh, but they don't understand it. Even when we're in a situation where someone has offended us and the immediate reaction is, oh, that's it, it's on, you know, I'm coming after you. We're intelligent. We can't do that. And as spiritually God-conscious people, we shouldn't do that. And right now, in the mood of everything else, our senses are haywire. When we're offended, we should take time and try to put ourselves in that individual's position, which can be so difficult, depending on what the offense is. And we should try to wear that person's moccasins, as they say, and try to understand why they did it. And even if we don't understand why they did it, try to put yourself in the mind of that person when they eventually gain their intelligence. They're going to feel awful about it. And when they feel bad and you see someone that's trying to amend what they've done, they really come off as pitiful. You feel sorry for them. You know, here's this person, Aspatama, outstanding, strong warrior, and he has been reduced to the position of an animal. And with a kind heart, Dropity fought through all of that, fought through all of the hurt. And she could not see allowing his mother to feel as she felt. Now, that's compassion to the nth degree. I, I, it's beyond compassion. And you think if Dropity could do that, after all the unimaginable pain that she has gone through. How it's important that we take time, even though people, devotees, individuals, do really unintelligent things, make offenses, we can't just check them off our list. At some point, someone has to take the higher road and look at them with compassion. And even if you don't understand why they did it, the point is they've done something that they cannot take back. It's an action that's already been done. And in most people, they're bothered by what they've done. So we have to look at it in that way already that the person is feeling bad and what you do or say to them can make them feel even worse. And we take the upper hand, the high road, and we forgive them, which is what Dropity did. So I don't know if anyone listening or anyone that's sitting here has had anyone offend them to such a degree and the offender has not apologized there are some cultures where the word I'm sorry is not even in their vocabulary. There really are. They exist today. And we have to realize we are a mix of different cultures. And to actually come together on the philosophy and the understanding of Krishna consciousness is a miracle based on what everyone's background is. But if we're honoring the principles of Krishna consciousness, no matter where we've come from, if we're not bringing our culture along and we're creating Krishna culture, we should be able to get along no matter where we've grown up, no matter who our parents were. With me, I was a radical. I was a rebel with my parents. Whatever they did, it's like, oh, no, I know better. I'm going to do the complete opposite. Fortunately, God's, the Lord smiled on me because whatever they didn't do, I did. 
I flipped the, I, I, I flipped the script. And it is work for me, which means that you do not have to be a prisoner to things that have happened to you. You have to pray like anything. You have to really pray like what, what, is, what Shirley Prabhupada said, a Bengali mother. I mean, have that passion of praying and forgive and be able to rise above situations that have happened as Draupadi did and forgive people. This is a major step in forgiving. And actually, this is one of the many lessons in the scripture. Going back to text 55 again, as things are happening and they're building up to the point where what are we going to do with Asvatama? Arjun has to appease two different opinions, two different decisions, kill him, save him, and he loves his wife, and above all else, he loves and respects Krishna, and he has to balance everything out right here and there, and because he used the intelligence, our God-given intelligence that we should always take advantage of, the end result was exactly as it was supposed to be. Translation again, just then Arjun could understand the motive of the Lord by his equivocal orders, and thus with his sword he severed both hair and jewel from the head of Aspatama, rendering him a useless man, lifeless, as he would appear in the eyes of his followers. And contradictory orders, because there were different opinions of different persons, and they are impossible to carry out. You've got to make a decision. And your decisions should be based on you dropping to your knees or however you make your communication with the Lord and asking the Lord to help you make that final decision. Therefore, a compromise was selected by Arjun, by his sharp intelligence, his God-given intelligence, and he separated the jewel from the head of Asvatama. This was as good as cutting off his head, and yet his life was saved for all practical purposes. Here again, Asvatama is indicated as twice born, and certainly he was twice born, but he fell down from his position, and therefore he was properly punished. Do not forget, do not think ever, because we hold a particular title, because we're pujaris or brahmanas, because we're devotees that we can go around committing offenses, and getting away with it. At some point, the scales are going to turn and the punishment will take place and the ultimate punishment will ultimately be up to Krishna. We should put ourselves in another person's shoes when there's an offense that's been created, when there are harsh words that have been put upon us. We shouldn't react immediately. With myself, I don't know how anybody else manages it, but before I open my mouth, it's like I count to ten and I ask Krishna, please let the words that come out of my mouth not be offensive, but let them be the words that you want to come out of my mouth, but let them accomplish what I want want to be accomplished. But when you're counting on Krishna like that, remember, you must always Count on Krishna. You must always be surrendered to Krishna. Because when you're in the position of surrendering, sometimes you don't even have to ask the Lord for anything. He already knows what's best for you. He already knows how you're supposed to handle the situation. He's already put it in words as to the different scenarios that have taken place in previous youths. He's given us instructions on how it is to be handled. There is never an excuse for anyone committing an offense if they are taken to Krishna consciousness. Are we perfect? No. Will we make offenses? Yes. But it can be corrected because we are children of a loving God, an omnipotent Father who wants always the best for us, as Srila Prabhupada wanted. 
So I, um, I got so much from this, and I am definitely feeling the, um, the appreciation for the opportunity to come before devotees that are going to hear this around the world, but more so than that, coming before the Lord in the temple and being able to speak of his instructions and of his words. And it allows me an even greater understanding of the scriptures because I know I'll go back and read this again and come up with an even better understanding. But I appreciate the fact that everyone, um, you're here. You could be somewhere else. You could be resting. Um, We've been given the opportunity of Srila Prabhupada's books. We should take advantage of it. It concerns me that we're at a point now where everything's, they're trying to put so much on computer and eliminate the paperwork. And it just goes back to my my studies in, in high school where the book 1984 was out, where they started eliminating things that we can put in our hands. Uh, and there's so many other things that the book indicated. The point I'm making is read the scriptures. Chant. Even if you're working on chanting sincerely, I'm still working on chanting sincerely. I intend to keep working on chanting sincerely and keep proper association. If you do not have the proper association, pray to Krishna. Krishna does not disappoint. He will give you the proper association and he will give you the intelligence to know when you are in the wrong company of association. But I'll end at this point. Does anyone have any comments or any experiences you want to share before we end? Yes, Prabhu. Hare Krishna. I don't have a mic. Do, can, can we get him? Uh, oh, we still have the mic? Oh, good. If you can't find it, then I will give Prabhu the mic. Is it is it where is it on? Hare Krishna Prabhu. Hare Krishna Maharaji. Um, so many, thank you, so many nice points and um, realizations in, in your talk. I mean, it's just like so much there. Um, but I just wanted to comment, I, two quick comments. And the first comment is that <clears throat> it is a little unfortunate that when in certain areas when you're speaking, because of the time that we're in, that you have to be very, very careful and say certain things. And when you're speaking spiritual matters and you're speaking the absolute truth, there should be no holding back. It should be done because the whole pro- the whole point of the truth is to dissipate the ignorance and the things that are not truth. And if you're trying to do that, it's very difficult to do that when you're trying to, you know, water it down or say things indirectly, you know. And you don't really have to confront people and just smash them, but you can say things very tastefully, but very deliberately, because that's why we're here. We want to make progress. And I'm talking in spiritual matters. There are certain situations that you do have to be very, very careful when speaking with certain people, and that's always just out of basic respect. But if you're speaking the absolute truth, it doesn't mean that it's not dis, it's not respectful. Mm. And sometimes, yes, it is a little distasteful. It's a little heartening because the false ego is there and we don't want to hear things that, because we know everything. Why are you telling me something? You know, why are you correcting me and telling me all I have to change? I don't, I don't want to hear that. I'm doing my own thing. Yes, yes. So it is very challenging. But we have to come from that front because that's the only way we're going to advance is that we come out and just tell it like it is. 
And that's what our founding Acharya did. That's what our founding Acharya did. Now, again, you know, the times have changed since then. And there's a whole lot of, you know, political uprest and a whole lot of things. And people are very sensitive. We had a, you know, this past year, we had the country in flames over a situation that happened. You know, we don't have to go into it, but everyone knows. I mean, even if you don't watch TV or you're not watching the media, we all know what took place just by, you know, and people were outraged yes. to the point because of the fact that certain things were done inside. So that's understood. But those things were done, those things were inappropriate. Mm. Those weren't actions, and they weren't spiritual actions. It's not coming from that point. Right. So I'll stop there. But that's one of the comments that I, and I appreciate you would, you would being very delicate in trying to, you know, cut right through the through the uh, the tape, the red tape, and and get to the heart of the matter. But also that concern you had to 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 to, to uh, very delicately perform the the, the operations, <laughs> if I, if I can use that analogy. The, the other thing is that <clears throat> you because um, again, there's just so many points, but I don't want to hold up. But I I really can't leave this class without saying and agreeing with you 100% of the vital importance of our sadhana. Mm. I mean, um, it, again, a, a, a practical example is our founding Acharya, Srila Prabhupada. When did we not see him when he wasn't chanting? I mean, even when he gave classes, he deliberately would say, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And right away, when that happened, devotees would immediately start chanting. So he's, there is a, there is a, so why was that done so many times? I mean, in, in, there's a, there is a, there is a, um, there is a, uh, a survey, not a survey, but a, uh, a, a, some comments out. You can go online and find out how many times Srila Prabhupada uh, said certain quotes. Yes. You know, someone went, one of the devotees went and got all of Prabhupada's quotes, put them together and in order from one to whatever it is uh, to see. And, the, and, and, the, and Prabhupada's most quoted verse was Hare Krishna, uh, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. True. And that's a fact. That's in, you True. can look that up. You can yes. look that up. So, so again, we can never, ever, ever um, um, downplay the importance of our sadhana. And I said the other day in class, and I was thinking afterwards. I said I was mentioned the same thing, and I said, you know, put the cell phone down. And then I felt a little that I was being harsh to devotees. But it's one of the offenses of the holy name is when you're not being yes. attentive while you're chanting. Yes, it is. So if you have your so so if you're doing all these other things that you're committing an offense and we say this every day, sadhama is key, you know, and if you even if you can't read, you can chant. Yes, you can always chant. Yes, and Krishna knows that, and he will, you know, he says in the Bhagavad Gita, I give them what they, what is it? I I I give I give them what they lack and preserve what, what they, they have. Yes, in the heart, Krishna knows exactly where we are. Yeah, he does. He knows exactly where we are. So this, this whole point, uh, of, of sadhana cannot be emphasized enough that we really, really, I mean, you sit down and just have this wonderful, wonderful relationship with the holy name and just dive into it. You know, if we're having, if we're having a lot of, you know, issues spiritually or materially, there's key. There's a key. Yeah. Sadhana. So thank you for, for you know, reemphasizing that most important point. Thank you so much, Prabhu, for you making those points, very good points, and we could continue to preach on what you just said. It is very important what you've mentioned is key, and it doesn't change. Wherever you're located, those points are still relevant. And with some of us, I don't know how many, I have no idea what percentage, but what has held us in position is our sadhana. Even if it isn't perfect, just trying to do those things, keeping our sadhana uh, at the proper level, has held us and helped us through this situation, all of the other situations that are unimaginable, that we never thought would take place, they took place, and we thought the world had gone mad. These are our sadhana 
keeps us in the mood of being in the world, but not of it. Being in the world, but not of it. Because it goes with the, an old saying, I remember a teacher saying, if you, or someone saying, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. We stand for Krishna. We represent Krishna. We are attached to Krishna. Krishna is the center. Krishna must be the center of our life, and everything else revolves around it. It's not the other way. And when everything else is around, surrounding Krishna, your life falls into place exactly the way Krishna wants it to, to fall into place. And that, that's a very good point. Um, the other thing that I've learned during the pandemic is there are a lot of thoughts that I have. Oh, Krishna, why is this happening? Oh, Krishna, I wonder what, what can we do for this person? The bottom line is I am learning still to surrender to Krishna's will and say, Krishna, whatever your will is. Because ultimately, his will is better than ours, and he can handle it. He can take on the big jobs. He can take on the, how do they say, the big dogs. He can take them on. Why are we worrying about That's not our main priority. Our association, our sadhana, it becomes a daily task. And when you're working on it to the point where it's working for you, Pretty much nothing else matters because that means Krishna's in control. And when Krishna's in control, everything falls into place. But again, Prabhu, very, very nice words. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Prabhu, uh, any comments? It would be rare that you didn't comment at all because then I would think that I didn't say anything. And I always like to shake it up a little bit. Yes, I got Nisha. Yes, Prabhu. I read that Dropadi died in a forest fire. Say again, I'm sorry. I read that Dropadi died in a forest fire. Dropadi? Died in a forest fire. Well, you know what? That was not the topic of our text. I was trying to stick with the topic of our text. And you read that? I uh, I hadn't focused on anything but the text at point. Any, any other comments? Well, the question was about why Krishna would, the Bodhi would end up dying like that because Krishna says that we still give them all protection. And we know that Draupadi was protected when the incident with the Sari and Krishna gave her so much protection. Yes. So then, but then she dies in a forest fire. Does that mean Krishna stopped giving her protection or was that... I think better than you and I both know that you know that reason better than I do. Why do you know that this took place? Whatever it is, whatever happens, back to the understanding, whatever it is, It is under Krishna's direction, indirectly or directly, and that there is a reason behind everything that happens. I don't even recall Draupadi uh, dying in a forest fire. It's been so long since I've read the complete Srimad Bhagavatam, but the point I want to make is that whenever anything is happening, especially in the scriptures, there's a reason behind it. That's why it's important to read Srila Prabhupada's books. Whatever questions you have, the answer is already there, and it even encourages you to read further. So there's a reason. What, uh, what reason did you find as to why Draupadi lost her life in the fire? Because I know you know. I know, but you made a comment, though. And usually when you make a comment, you usually back it up. <laughs> you brought it up. I'm not trying to put back you up against a wall, but um, that just reminded me of my guru. Whenever you thought something needed fixing, he would go, well, why don't you do it? That would be his mood, you know. 
um, if something was out of whack, well, why don't you look about correcting it? But when you ask a question, I know you know the answers. Um, but I appreciate that comment. There's a, a, and my response to it is, there is a reason behind everything that happens. And when we read Srila Prabhupada's books, we discover that. And as a matter of fact, you're probably going to encourage someone to go through and read the scriptures again and find out, wait a minute, did she? Why did it happen? So thank you for offering encouragement to whoever is listening to get them to read. Because now I'll go back and read. And I, it, it will come up. It will come up again in the scriptures. But thank you for asking. Any other comments? Questions that you do not know? Yes. We're going to end at this point. Uh, very grateful for you being here, Prabhu. For anyone that's listening, for anyone that will listen in the future, it is always a Wonderful blessing to be able to hear the scriptures, to be able to read Srila Prabhupada's books. And during this time of questionable actions that are taking place around the world, again, it is very important to chant. Chant as sincerely as you can. Keep working on it. Read Srila Prabhupada's books. And find good association if you don't have it. If you do, take association. It's very important. So we'll end at this point. Shri Bhagavatam Ki Jai. Shri La Prabhupada Ki Jai. Gaur Pamananda. Shri Radha Kala Chanji Dham Ki Jai.